You're listening to the Detroit is Different Podcast Network. And I just want to know how much more I can take. I just want to know how much more I can wait. Sandra Bland, Sandra Bland, why they ain't just let her go? Traffic violations, loud music ain't... Welcome back to the Piper Carter Podcast. You are listening to Piper Carter. This is episode 91. Wow. Um, I wonder what we're going to do for our, our 100th episode. I'm in the studio joined by my illustrious co-hosts. What up, Brittany? What's up, Pipe? What's up, Dash? What up, though? Not much. Piper Carter. Yeah, these women in here, they're just looking so beautiful just on a regular oh, day. Piper. Oh, After work, they just come through just shining <laughs> and just looking incredible. I love to see y'all. You look like you went on a whole trip. I told you you look like you tan. I was outside in, in the, the garden. garden. What's going on in the garden? Um. Well, right now I am just eating from the garden. So I've got some wonderful lettuce that I used on my veggie burger for dinner this evening before I got here. Sounds good. And honestly, I wish I could show our audience members, but... Um, I had been cutting off the lettuce like for, um, I don't know, probably like at least three weeks now I've been eating lettuce and cutting it. And this morning or actually this evening when I went to cut some lettuce for my burger, for my veggie burger, I noticed that the lettuce is like around a foot and a half. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, it's like a big old leaf of lettuce. That that is like my lettuce is like gr growing, and I'm like, woo! That's cool. Because the other lettuce was smaller; it was more like, you know, like probably like four or five inches, mm -hmm. you know. And so now to see this, and I, I learn, you know, when you cut back your plants, it leaves room for the other ones to grow, and then they get mm -hmm. more of the nutrients, and so they can, they can grow. And so I actually saw it, and I'm like, wow! It's like. Wow. That's so dope. if y'all want stuff, come through, get some stuff. <laughs> I got so much food. What you doing on Saturday? Can we come through? Yeah, come <laughs> through Saturday. You know what we should do for the 100 episode? Mm. We should do a, a YouTube video for it. Okay. And like then just, show our faces. And then just do YouTube from then on? Kind of, sort of. Throw All it right. in there every now and then. Okay, well, why not? Like, I think that'll be cool. We for Well, why not go live? We could do that too. <laughs> and we can and we can like Save advertise it and like so y'all gonna have to watch it. We gonna put it pump it through the um thing, do a little countdown when it gets closer, and then like if we go live, like y'all just say y'all gotta come check it out. Sweet. Okay, I'm fine with it. All right, they cool. trying to bring me to the 21st century for real. You already here. It was your idea. What do you mean? Right. I guess. Well, so we wanted to lead. Um, unfortunately, these ho ass cops are getting off scot-free mm -hmm. um, for murdering Breonna Taylor. I'm looking at the, well, first, Ashe, Breonna Ashe. Taylor. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm looking at the New York Times because they're doing these, like, live updates. Mm -hmm. And so um, what we have right now is one officer was charged with endangering neighbors. So he wasn't even charged with murdering her. There's three officers, and the other two are getting off. And so it says a grand jury did not charge any officers with shooting Miss Taylor in her Louisville apartment. Um, an office, a former officer was accused of firing recklessly and was indicted on three counts of wanton endanger endangerment. So I wanted to skip down because they did a little kind of like 
profile on the officers. And well, one thing I wanted to say, you know, with Brianna Taylor, they went to her with this no knock warrant. Yeah, that's wild. And then right before they actually showed up with the no uh, knock warrant, actually the warrant got changed to and they were supposed to knock. Well, even what's interesting to me is is the fact that they said that when they went in, they did say that they made their presence known. But even still, it's called a no-knock warrant. You know what I mean? The fact that that even exists, the fact that you don't they even have to... They went to a judge to that's get crazy. that warrant. Like, that's crazy that, that they could do that. Go to a judge and get a no-knock warrant, like... Mm-hmm. And it's not his house. Like, it's not, it would be different, too. Not forget being different. It would be interesting if... And more, I would say, acceptable or more logical if they had a no-knock warrant on his home. But the fact that it was on hers is wild to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, basically what they tried to do is they tried to, like, initially, like, try to rope her up into it and say... Yeah, I saw that. ...that... She, you know, was involved with a guy that was, you know, trafficking drugs or whatever. And that they had surveillance footage, like going to her house Mm -hmm. and all this kind of thing. And they saw her getting out of the car with a bag and this kind of thing. But um, thank goodness that her attorneys, her family and the people that are on her side really pushed to be able to get the truth out so that that narrative wasn't, you know, what they were able to roll with to, like, uh, 100% try agreed. to justify, you know, um, the killing. And so right now, I mean, there's complete outrage. I know all across the country mm-hmm. people were doing protests. There was a protest this evening, Detroit Will Breathe um, organization. Uh, they have um, anti-police terrorism protests every single day they're the ones who have been organizing the protests uh the defund police protests ever since the george floyd incident Mm -hmm. and so they have a protest every single day Mm -hmm. uh against police terrorism so um they organized one for today um and yeah i mean the the other thing is they are looking at these officers right so they're trying to paint the officer is in a in a certain light. Like it's just like as in like they're you're like uh giving you background on them and things like that. Like just a little bit of like, you know, feel giving, bad for the officer type thing. Okay. He made a mistake. But it's like, um all of uh, okay. It's ju- not about a mistake and I mean, unfortunately, our judicial system is so plastered it needs to be done away with. So at any point, the fact that it's law and order is not about, you know, how they are and their mistake. They don't treat everyone fair. Like, that's how our judicial system is built. So mm-hmm. in that case, like, it's not, it's like people say, it's business. Like, bro, like, if everyone has to go through this process, you should too. It's simple. Like, but it's not about, you know what I mean, making him look a certain way. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's just not about that. They don't give us that. They don't give us. I don't even want to say. I don't even want to talk about it from that angle about versus this versus that. It's just at, at the point that at at any level they should be tried, mm-hmm. even if they're given a lesser sentence. 
And part of their role is like, you know, you working at Best Buy, you get a be- you get a discount. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? You still should me should have to pay uh, pay some type of consequence, even if it's you just having to go through the trial. If you killed someone, if you did something illegally during the process of this no knock warrant and they're not the person that you went in there to get and you killed this person and that's some type of form of murder, you should be trialed. Even mm-hmm. even if it, even if like I said, not to repeat myself, but I'm going to, even if it, you don't, you get a lesser sentence, like a complete lesser sentence. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or you can't. I, I like okay. When I don't know how y'all feel about it. Like okay, it's just a reality to it. Like I'm not I'm not being okay with it because I know that there's people every day that are fighting to change the way that. This country has been laid out in some of its groundwork, basically retilting the shape and uh, the the form of this land of this country. However, the real the realistic moment that we're living in to me represents something that is flawed. It's completely flawed. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm getting frustrated talking about it. No. Um. I mean, yeah. I mean. Uh, is we have to do away with the system of police and prisons. I mean, there's no reforming, you know, this terrible system. Um, so this article, it talks about who the officers were, right? So the one dude, uh, he's Jonathan Mattingly, right? He's a sergeant. He was 47. They said he was like a 20-year vet of the Louisville Metro Police Department. And he spent the last four years in the narcotics division. So it says after officers knocked down the door, um, Sergeant Mattingly was the first officer to step inside. So according to a statement he gave investigators, he said he saw a male and a female figure standing at the end of the hallway, which would make sense, right? Because the male figure who was her boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, was standing with his hand stretched out holding a gun. And Sergeant Mattingly said, you know, I mean, basically he was scared. But, I mean, if you're going to someone's house, what was it, like 2 a.m. or 4 a.m. or whatever time it was, I mean, and you have a no-knock warrant, I mean, people are protecting themselves at home. I don't understand what's the issue. Um, It says, when Mr. Walker fired, (laughs) um, Sergeant Mattingly said he he felt a sensation in his leg and he returned fire six times. Um, he, he said he stumbled over and fell and he had been hit in the femoral artery. Uh, it said the bullet tore through his thigh, exiting out the back, right? According to a statement. So he got shot in the leg. My question is, is like, okay, you feel a shot. Like at that point, like if someone shoots in your, in your mind, you say, okay, maybe they feel intruded on their space. Is it, if no one gets hit or someone gets lightly hit, like I guess they're saying, aren't you supposed to say, okay, again, this is the police. Stop what you're doing. And then if he shoots again, I, I like that to me is the question. Like, did that happen? What was that at that, no, at it that didn't point? Happen. At the that boyfriend point, said it didn't happen. The boyfriend said he thought it was just people trying to break in and he would, they was, he was protecting himself. As a matter of fact, the boyfriend was not charged at all with anything, even though he shot the cop because they, you know, were like, yeah, I mean, is somebody breaking your house? And you don't know who it is. You have the right to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. They got the second officer, Detective Miles 
Cosgrove. He was 42. Um, he's been with the police department for 15 years, including the last three in the narcotics division. So he was the second person inside the apartment um, after an officer with a battering ram tore the door off his hinges Man. and uh, fired 16 rounds down the hallway after Mr. Walker shot in the direction of the officers. They wanted everything down and whoever was in that house. That's wild. Um, Detective Brett Hankinson, he was 44, had been an officer with the department since 2003 and was assigned to narcotics division. He's the only one of the three officers who opened fire that night with a history of complaints of excessive force as well as allegations of sexual misconduct. Is that the one who got charged? Let's see which one of these. Yeah, he's the one. Interesting. Yeah, so they try and get rid of him. No, wait. Let me make sure. Let me make sure if he's the one or not the one. Uh, let me just look. Who was getting charged? Um, trying to see which one of these officers is getting charged. Uh, I'm looking for the name of the officer that's actually getting charged. Let me... While you look for it, I just want to play this clip from this activist that I follow on Instagram. I I just thought that they had a really good point about what they were saying as mm. far as um how to retain your anger and still want to dismantle the police department mm -hmm. and still believe in justice at the same time. I thought she made a good point. Or say that they again. Made a good point. Say that again. I'll let her say it. Okay. <laughs> or have they say it. Them say it. And I know that for many of us, we have to sort of hold what feels like a series of contradictions. How is it that we can still feel betrayed by a system that we don't believe in? Um, but the thing is, we believe in justice and it is our fervent belief in this. that We come together and it makes sense that we would hope for and fight for and long for some kind of justice in the world. So do not condemn yourself for your hope. Condemn the system for its hate. This is just uh, it's painful to remember that past the pain is a lot of power and possibility and we owe it to Brianna and to all of our fallen to fight. We are the defenders of the dead and the liberators of the living and we are steadfast even through our sadness. Yeah, I agree. Like, that's easy. <laughs> like, it's definitely levels to stuff. And it's not just one way to think or feel. Like, I feel like that's what, when people talk about, like, oh, like, the pain of waking up black. Like, it's like that kind of reminds me of that. Like, we wake up having to have conversations with ourselves and, like, find this balance in thought. Because I'm sure at some point in all of our lives, we felt like we were contradicting ourselves. Mm -hmm. But it's not a contradiction. Like in order to, to me, I think what they are saying is in order to get through this life, you have to be honest and real with what your reality is. And the many truths within it. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the one that's being charged is the Brett Hankinson, right? Okay. And um, it says, according to a review of his personal file, 
obtained by the Times, nearly all of the complaints against him were dismissed or deemed not credible. Um, but one record in his file showed he was reprimanded at least three times, including for causing a car wreck in 2016 that fractured the spine of another officer. Mm. Um, so during the shooting, Mr. Hankinson was initially positioned behind the other officers, but after Mr. Walker opened fire, he ran out of the breezeway into the parking lot and fired at least 10 rounds into the sliding glass door window of Miss Brianna's apartment. Yeah, that's He wild. is the only one of the three officers who was fired and charged. The police chief at the time said in a public termination letter that Mr. Hankinson's actions were a shot to the conscience and a violation of department policy because he fired without a line of sight through the covered window and door which were obscured by blinds. Uh, Detective Joshua Jaynes, 38, has been with the police department since 2006, and he recently had been assigned to the new place-based investigations unit, which was created in December 2019. He prepared the five search warrant affidavits for simultaneous no-knock raids at locations suspected of playing a role in the local drug trade, including Ms. Taylor's apartment. Lawyers from Ms. Taylor have said that uh, the information tying her apartment to the drug trafficking syndicate was flawed and insufficient. In the search warrant uh, application, Detective Jaynes claimed that he had spoken to the postal inspector and had confirmed that the parcels suspected of being part of the drug trade were being sent to Ms. Taylor's apartment by an ex-boyfriend, but Detective Jaynes did not speak directly to the postal inspector himself. He had relied on a neighboring police department to do so because the Louisville Metro Police Department had a strained relationship with the postal inspector. <coughs> um, mm. So Detective Jaynes was placed on administrative reassignment in June Amid the investigation into Miss Taylor's death, so it's a uh, it's something. This is a uh, Brianna Taylor, um, and you know this. <coughs> the summer was interesting, you know, with George Floyd or Floyd alone. But Brianna Taylor was interesting in a sense because of um, the I like the way say her name. Uh, took a hold of a lot of different uh, forms. Yes. I really liked that. It was very simple. I don't it wasn't, like that they memefied her. I could I, I, I could see that. But what I also find um, interesting is, is the timeline of when they sat in front of the house and all the celebrities got arrested. Do you guys remember that? They sat in the house in front of the attorney, the attorney general's house of the uh, in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, because he's a black guy, I think. Is he a black guy? Yeah, I think he's a he's a black guy. Mm -hmm. And um, they, I think they went and sat in front of his house. And because of that, like they started arresting. Like uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember who all it was. It was like the one of the twins, Tia, Tia and Tamara, one mm. of them, her. Um, it there was it was like a, a couple realities. Let me let me find this. 
Marsha mm-hmm. Williams got arrested in Atlanta. Who? Oh, yeah. She's on Real Housewives of Atlanta. But who did you say? Portia Williams. Portia Williams, okay. Her great grand or her grandfather marched with um Martin Luther King Jr. Okay. too. You found it, Brittany? I'm looking it up now. Okay, because you know we on the air. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> yeah. So okay, while you're looking for that. Um so long story short, across the country, you know, people are resisting, people are, you know, there's different protests that are happening. Um folks want to see i mean there's there's you know there's outrage you know folks want to see a different outcome um you were talking before about you know um deja that how can we see a different outcome when it's the system you know like if you if you how can you hold um the police accountable when they're investigating themselves like, how have you ever, like, you know, I don't know how, how, how you were raised, but I know when I was raised, you know, your parents will say, like, what do you think that you need to change? <laughs> you know, right. what is it that, yeah. what do you think that you need to do? And then you, you always tell them, like, I just think that I shouldn't be punished and mm-hmm. that, um, you know, um, things will just get better and I'll, I'll just do better. Right. And right. Like, <laughs> you don't do better. <laughs> you don't do better. You know, um. And so, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the fact that they think that we're stupid enough to 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 buy into that they're going to just fix the problem, fix the department, fix everything themselves. It's just it's just ultimately a flawed system. And that's something that we need to um, that's something we need to, you know, really look at. Like, what are what are alternatives to policing? What are alternatives to you know, what are some of the, the safety alternatives, you know? Um, I'm looking at some of these details from the shooting. So they talked to the, um, you know, the attorney general, right? And uh, I think this was a little bit this evening. They started releasing, like, some of the details about the shooting, right? So it says uh, Breonna Taylor was hit by six shots. Um, her death certificate says it was five shots, uh, I think the attorney general's name is uh, Cameron, right? And it says, uh, he said today that a sixth bullet um, or a bullet fragment was actually found lodged in one of her feet. Mm. Um, the FBI laboratory in Quantico reviewed the ballistics evidence and concluded that the shot that, um, you know, that the, the, the fatal shot uh, was fired by Detective Cosgrove. Um, a Kentucky lab examining the same evidence said it couldn't determine the same evidence. Um, you know, this is crazy. Uh, it, it said it couldn't de- with the same evidence. It said it couldn't determine who fired the fatal shot. Right. I'm like thinking to myself, how how could they tell? And so Mr. Cameron said he couldn't explain the discrepancy. Um, a total of 32 shots were fired. By the police, 16 by Detective Cosgrove, 10 by Detective Hankinson, and 6 by Sergeant Mattingly. Mm-hmm. And Sergeant Mattingly, who was wounded in the shooting, was hit by a 9mm round fired by Kenneth Walker, Mr. Taylor's boyfriend, and not by a, a not by a shot fired by one of the officers who were using a forty caliber handgun. Mm-hmm. 
Um, the attorney general also said that the grand jury investigation confirmed that the police had properly knocked and announced their presence before bursting into Ms. Taylor's apartment, which is a point that's disputed by Mr. Walker and a number of neighbors who have said in interviews with reporters that they heard no announcement. So of course they're saying, oh yeah, we, we, we were like, you know, we announced ourselves before we, you know, there was another thing in here that I was trying to find where they said um, that, you know, <clears throat> they didn't burst down the door, like in the report. But then they, when they went to go investigate, they found that they had burst down the door with a battering ram. So there's just a lot of like cover up and lying going on uh, just on a basic level around here. Um, Wouldn't that alone have made you as a juror want to charge them? Of course. Like, how do you deny this? How do you deny any wrongdoing of them at all and let them get off like that? I mean, like I was saying, I was trying to articulate, like, I get like. Damn the evidence. Every <laughs> every job you have, it has perks, right? But God damn, like, this is not a perk type of situation. Like, they use they perks so much. Like, it's just unreal to me. Like, it's they go. Purge. Perk, purge perk. Right. Purge perk. Like, the fact that, like, like she was explaining, like, how the officers came in and different ones did different things, just, like, the fact that, like, once they feel threatened or feel like you feel like you're on the same level of attacking them, it's not even about them being on a mission and following policy or a process. They just forget all the policy, all the process, and do what the hell they want to do. Like, it's, and it's like, if a nigga, uh, if a nigga, um, what is it, like, shows any type of aggression, kill him like it seems like that's like the like underlying like rule like it's like a unconscious like unspoken rule for them mm -hmm. i don't know i think i found it here where it says um police officers with a no-knock warrant broke down miss taylor's door it says the officers who broke down miss taylor's door shortly after midnight on march 13th had come with a search warrant signed by a local magistrate they had court approval for a no-knock warrant which Louisville has since banned, but the orders were changed before the raid, requiring them to knock first and announce themselves as the police. So Mr. Walker said that he and Ms. Taylor did not know who was at her door. Only one neighbor out of nearly a dozen reported hearing the officers shout police before entering. So I don't know what that neighbor was thinking, like maybe somebody got to that neighbor like i don't know but clearly they didn't announce themselves right this was crazy um yeah i mean so it says the warrant for miss taylor's apartment was one of five issued in a case involving her ex-boyfriend jamarcus glover who was accused of running a drug trafficking syndicate um at the other addresses that were searched officers found a table covered in drugs packaged for sale, including a plastic sachet containing cocaine, fentanyl, and police logs and a laboratory report show. Um, the surveillance leading police officers to Ms. Taylor's home, including a GPS tracker showing repeated trips by Mr. Glover to her apartment with the package in his hands, footage showing her in a car with Mr. Glover arriving at one of the trap houses he operated, and his use of her address on bank records and other documents. 
Um, the FBI has opened an investigation into whether the inclusion of her name and address on the warrant violated her civil rights and her family's lawyers have um, claimed. So Dude was using her name or whatever for her uh, address and things like that and clearly got her killed. I mean, you know, but at the same time, you know, F the police. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Defund the police. Defund the police. That clip was saying that Deja just said, like, it's like, like she should have never been in that situation, but still at the police. Like, I mean, it wasn't really her, right? Like no. she was dating a guy. The guy was foul. He did some dirty stuff. He used her name. Got her involved. Got her messy behind her back. A real street nigga won't involve you in no shit like that. Period. Period. So, he's foul as hell. Yeah, he is. wrong as hell. He's foul. Or just don't know what he's doing. That's me, you know. Yeah. Wrong as hell. Just dirty. Mm-hmm. That's just dirty. But did you find what you're looking for, Brittany? Because you know we're on the air. You trying to be funny again? I'm being serious. I wish we had a machine that could do like to the top or. Weren't y'all waiting on Brittany? No, we crickets, were, crickets. If it if it came up, it came up. If it, you know. Okay. You. All right. Well, rest in peace. <laughs> y'all should see the face. Really. I like, know. Right, well, I just want to say rest <laughs> in peace to Brianna Taylor. For sure. Yes. And. I think this will be one of those cases that activists are going to be fighting uh, to make sure that, you know, justice is served for real. So, um, yeah, we'll just look out for more. Who knows, you know, and what's going to be in store soon. The three women that created Black Lives Matter, um, they made the Times 100 most in- influential people cover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're on it. That's the beautiful shot. I gotta mm-hmm. check that out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm actually about to look at that now. It's funny how they demonize that group, man. That's wild, and it's a tactic too. That's the crazy part. It's so when you hear them talk about Black Lives Matter, like it's not even a point to get emotional. But it's because funded this by coded, politicians too. I know it's coded. It's coded talking. Like it's like, oh my god, these crazy, mean, bad black people who make it bad for all <laughs> black people. They're the demons and devils. Really? That's what they say. Yeah, it's Black so Lives Matter is a terrorist group. Who said and that? And it's funny because we're about to talk about you know what we're talking about. It's so <laughs> funny because that's an episode uh, and they're on that. That's wild. About what? <laughs> about black people who uh, are revolutionaries, like you know the Malcolm X's, the people that represent Nat Turner. Like they are black terrorists. Like there's mm. no such thing as a black terrorist. Like duh, we know that. That's that's. A, cliche saying big news yeah there's no such thing as black terrorism all right what's your what's our next or our first topic the neural link stuff is interesting okay I'll, I'll tell us about it you got right. it you got mm-hmm. the link so elon musk right everyone loves him because of tesla his cars those cars are amazing he's interesting right uh i don't know if i have an opinion on him yet but he just he's cringy per movies right like the guy who wants to make the world a better place because it's inevitable that AI will take over and I want to be the savior for it and go to Mars and I'm so smart, right? Like Bruce Wayne type shit. But like he uh, started beyond Tesla. He started a, um, an AI company, I believe in 2017 and it's called Neuralink. And this is kind of like old news, like, but it's just very interesting because it goes along with the theme of, you know, our show. 
But August 28th, he did like a revealing, like, you know, when Apple, I don't even know if I'm saying it right, but like Apple or Microsoft, when they come out like with a new product, they get in front of their shareholders, they get in front of the world, they, you know, advertise it basically through kind of like going in detail about the product and the stages that it's in. So he unveiled um, a product that is a chip um, and he explains it very transparently by saying that he basically um, wants to take a you know, piece of your brain, a chunk of your brain, as he would say, and replace it with a very simple chip. Um, the process- and you're going to let him do this to you? Of course not. But he takes the chip and uh, he wants it to be a very like seamless like process where it takes 10 or 15 minutes, right? Of course. And it goes in. And um, the first stages of it, he is advertising by saying it would be great for the healthcare uh, oh sec- uh, spectrum, right? He's saying the segment. He's saying that, you know, it helped dementia patients, eventually help uh, people who are blind because it basically attaches itself to, um, I'm not going to get too technical because I can't, but it attaches itself to like a whole bunch of neurons and it works with the, you know, your different neurons. They do different, help do different things. And this uh, link will have different um, wires that will connect to your basically like brain wires and um, whatever you're suffering from, uh, it can correct it. Eventually he's saying AI is inevitable and it will eventually run our universe and our realm. So because of that, you want to be able to protect this realm or whatever realm, whether it's Mars or here. So if you can build this chip to a point where um, people can uh, down, you know, basically download superhero powers or uh, military, um, do military uh, directives. Uh, it would be beneficial to start early. Wow. Um, he's testing it on pigs because the theory and of the actual facts that pigs are, you know, the smartest animal. Um, and you know, testing's going well. And I'll just uh, whoever lets Elon Musk in their brain with that thing, you're stupid. You gonna you gonna let Elon Musk in your brain with a chip to re- rewire your brain? How about your parent? You gonna let him inside your parents' brain? Your child? Are you crazy? Not even my pet. Right. Not even your pet. My fish. Right. Not even your fish. Not even my fish. To rewire your brain? No. Rewire your brain. Yeah. That's. I mean. Yeah. The little, the wires, right? We're talking about like the small wires that are almost like, like thread, right? Like when you're like looking with one eye, like with the thread, like how do I see this thread? I'm gonna send Brittany. Remember she was she she screamed on me that time. I'm gonna send Brittany there. What time? (laughs) Yo, she's wild. You see, I'm like, huh? Um, No, get rid of the transformers when they went inside uh, the brain. I'm gonna have. I'm like, yo, Elon. She sent me here anyway, so like, turn my shit up. Turn me up. Nah. <laughs> Put me on. It's like, nah, let me stop. But no, <laughs> Elon is a, he's an interesting dude. I always say I respect a, a person that is very, they use the words, like I, like, I can respect Trump, but of course I would never vote for Trump. Like, oh, my God. Brittany said she respected Trump on my show. Get out. No. Uh, where's my eject thing? I need one of them eject things. Does this work? You have like to this? have certain a certain level of res- <laughs> of a respect for any type of person that's in a form of an enemy. Like no, you're supposed to know their not pros. Respect. You're supposed to know their pros. It's it's a matter of how you see the word, but when I say when I use the word, what I'm saying is is that 
I understand and have a logical backing of um and of why Elon Musk works. He's transparent. He understands that at the end of the day, I'm going to be considered a dickhead no matter what. Like I have a product where I want to go in somebody's brain. So I might as well tell the world exactly what I want to do. And you're saying this is good. I never said that. Oh. Um, If you're going to give somebody some, administer somebody some medicine, like, you know what I'm saying? Might as well tell them what you, what you taking. Like, all right, yeah, I'm about to, I'm about to give you this medicine right here. No, this is straight you know. capitalism. No, it's cool. I'm just saying, I appreciate the honesty. This capitalism and it's worse. This is like rewiring your brain. Yeah, I know. That's where we at. Oh, my God. 2020, right? Mark of the beast, easily. Like you said, some people are going to be like, sign me up. Just like they're they're uh, paying people uh, or pay people. They're going to turn you into a... Uh, sort of for the vaccine. What's the name of that? Uh, oh, my God. Like a, like, a, like a paid assassin. An unpaid. You're going to be a free assassin because mm-hmm. they're going to have access to your brain. Yeah. And they're going to go here, do this, do that. Okay. Yeah, there'll be updates for it. Like, there has to be. Like, once you get it installed, like, that former PCA brain is missing. So, you know, it'll have to be just be updated. You know, I don't, you know. I don't wow. Know. Yeah, it'll, it'll get updates. You'll probably have to pay for the updates. And what's my hack into it? It can hack into it. That's what the whole. Somebody, he already, like, he already, somebody, he already told you that. Like, think, think about of somebody that that don't like you. What's crazy? Think is this, of that person. Think now about they got access. It's just like like you saying like social media. Think about it on that basic extreme level of trying to make the comparison of like, oh, I don't like you, so I'm gonna like hack your page and like say all kind of crazy shit. This like, is worse. But social media was invented right for it to be a community. Like this is worse for, than being on. Uh, Zoom collectivism, and then hitting your video camera. Y'all ever be on Zoom and see people hit their video camera, <laughs> and then their titties be hanging out? They be like, oh, oh excuse me. <laughs> I've been on so many Zooms, like ever since March. Like most of my work is on Zoom, and when we first, like I have been on Zoom for like some years. So because most of our work is international. And national, right? So I've been used to Zooms, but apparently some people weren't. And when we first started doing Zooms, like March and April, I was seeing everybody's titties and everybody's backgrounds and everybody's thing. And they'd be like, oh, excuse me, because they just hit there. Because, you know, in Zoom, you have to like, I remember I told so many people, like, just don't hit your camera. Oh, is that what I don't do? It's like, just... No, you, you just don't do that. And the the crazy part is, is like about what's crazy about this election is, is like we this is an important election. Like, I do believe that. I don't think that's like the cliche to say, because like, you know, where do your what is your favorite Democrat or favorite Republican think about AI chips going in people's what brain? What are you talking about? Like, what do they favorite Democrat? I'm being favorite I'm, Republican. I'm being I'm using sarcasm. I'm oh. saying like, what does your, your neighborhood um, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. That's so down There's to no earth. such thing as a think, neighborhood. What do Joe they? Biden what do they Kamala think Harris. about? What do they think about you getting? You know what I'm saying? An AI chip. Like they love it. What, they need an AI chip. <laughs> what does you know? What do these people think about those things? Like they love it. These are capitalists. I, I'm. I'm just saying. Like, they think it's like awesome technology. Watch because they're politicians. They're like mainstream politicians. So whatever. The Democrats tell them that they like. That's what they're going to say they like. Yeah. And so, like, when I just to just because I know we said we we didn't really want to talk about it, but it's just funny when I look at, like, things like 
Elon Musk and like people who want to push and be progressive during the, still to me, like the internet is still like Wild Wild West is still shaping. And then you have people like Andrew Yang who come along who are like just before their time. Like he laid out before even like talking about like, you know what I mean? Himself, like his family, like his backstory and trying to get you to like him. He was like, look, this is the policy. Like this is what's about to happen. Like this is the direction our world is going in. First, let's handle the situation of our reality now. People need money. Like, okay, yeah, we can fight AI. We can fight all this stuff. But people are going to need money because of that. It's happening now. So here's the policy for it. He laid it out. But it's funny that, like, these politicians know that this is part of the timeline. Like, for Elon Musk in 2020 to even be, like, planting a seed in people's head that he wants to play (laughs) with their brain. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's wild to me. Like. They're aware of it. Like, they know what's coming. And the fact that Andrew Yang was the most sensible person per our times and that he was Asian and that he could still represent, you know what I mean, what this country is, diversity, you know what I mean, a man, if that's what makes you feel comfortable, you know what I mean, but a person that is relatable, understanding, like, he gets it, you know what I mean, not too, like, you know, when I told you I was looking at the, um, the Washington Post, they put an article out about, like, all the policies. They listed, like, all the different policies and then how, like, each politician, like, landed on them. Like, when you look at Andrew Yang, it's like, he's not like, oh, I need you to vote for me. So, on this issue, I'm for sure going to be concrete on here because I need, you know, I need to be to get your vote. He's kind of like, eh, like, I don't have to be, he understands, he gets it. He understands how to land on issues where Everyone can be happy. Like, okay, I fuck with him because of this issue, but I don't fuck him because of this. I like this guy. I'm getting $1,200, you know what I'm saying, a month. In fact, the government came back to him during the virus, right? And it's like... How does this work? Yep. Mm-hmm. That lets you know he was it. That's crazy. Well, not really. He just had, like, one decent solution, but... <laughs> no, he had a few. I mean, I, like I was going to vote thought. for him. I, I thought he was, front. I thought he was... I was going to vote he, for him. But the thing is, he did. I, I agree with what you're saying. He only... He came out with one, but I think it was powerful. It was perfect time. It was perfect for him. It was he a good one. He didn't have the Asian, I'm an Asian, and I'm diverse. Like, no, vote for me. That's not... That wasn't going to get him to win. Right, <laughs> right, right. He was in tune. Yeah. I like that, you know. Well, they used this tactic, too, didn't they? They All did. All summer. That should let you... Those, to me, when you talk about Piper media literacy and studying stuff Mm -hmm. like that should be the stuff that when we talk about educating people politically that's the stuff we look for even if trump is in office like all right now we at a certain level like the supreme court justice stuff the lady passing away Mm. you know my mom mom been telling me like i'm telling you she like if you rest in power rest in power my mom like she's telling me like early late last year like if you don't vote I i actually she don't understand but she was like if you don't vote for no other reason Think about the court systems yeah. and how they lay out. And yeah. if he gets too many people in there that think yeah. like him, it, mm-hmm. that's when the reversal Lifetime, come. lifetime appointments. And that's true. It's true. Mm-hmm. It, it, that, that's why I say I do believe, like, with this AI stuff and all these things that we're mm-hmm. debating, like, we're still debating. Y'all know how much I love Kanye. He was in the news recently. Oh I God. still, I, I'm not going to criticize him at all. I'm not even going to... We're not allowed to. I'm not... We know. We know. No, because no... But not for the surface reasons, though. We not... We're just... It's not what we do. Okay? Mm-hmm. But anyway, the point that the I'm... Brittany Kanye <laughs> love affair. But the point that I'm making is, is that, like, we are still debating, like, women's bodies, like... like Who I, debating that? 
People are like Who? not nigga the government. Yeah. How? Abortion. What do you mean? It's not a debate. They shut the shit down. Birth control. I hear you. They like the fact that we still are there's a tug of war on these like basic things, but then here we are allowing we got basic things being argued and then we got things like AI coming into the picture. Like, you know, California is only the one of the only states that protects your privacy. You know, stuff like that. Like we still dealing with like basic shit and then now we gotta argue uh debate big shit. You know what I'm saying? Well, so, because stuff keeps getting undone. Yeah. Oh, I hear you. Mm-hmm. I hear you. Know, you. <clears throat> that's what Trump's been doing. He's been undoing everything. I mean, the Roe v. Wade was decided in the 70s. That's wild. That is And he crazy. just came through and stepped on the flowers. All of a sudden. In the garden. All of a sudden. And it's never, it's politics, right? You're, you're, but the whole point of this system is that two opposite extreme people think certain ways, but they realize they have to come together to run something, Right. Basic human playing nice the, the 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 quote unquote the lay of the law of the land like okay I don't like this I don't like this but we come together we find an agreement like okay I get that they're you, they're gonna they're always gonna be two extremes there's always gonna be two two parallels but at the same time like we still debating and talking about things that that shouldn't even be a discussion yeah but the thing is 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 power right so it's not that's why I say it's not really a debate. It's really just power. I believe in reform. Like it was, be- yeah, I, I, believe I guess in what reform. I'm saying is it was already in in law. It was already... I'm with you. So he just came through and just erased it. I'm That's not you. a debate to me. You know, like a debate is like... When I say debate, I mean people fighting against it. Like you got people like on social media saying like, this is my body. Like the fact that there's even a noise about... It's like to me just like what we talk about sometimes is like us trying to debate about this being read. Like why are we debating about the the... The uh, curtain and where we were recording being read. Like, we really debating about that? So the fact that there are so many different perspectives on, uh, to stay in the metaphor, red in 2020 is wild as hell to me. Yeah, I mean, but there are 7 billion people on the planet. And you have to factor in marketing, social media, religion. True. Ideologies, politics, power. All that. And so sometimes people are for certain decisions just be based on you know status or money and sometimes people don't even believe in the stuff that they're pushing i'm for dismantling but i'm also for reform until i can get to the dismantle to make it better yeah. i ain't saying I, I i'm settling either but it's settling is a is an art of war i'm sorry if you don't believe that then you need to read more but what I'm also saying is, is there's a time for reform. There's a time to dismantle. And there's a time to really smack your lips and go silent because I'm not about to debate you on something that we all know, like on, that we all know as fact. But at the same time, somebody has to fight. No, no. There's different ways to fight is all I'm saying. If I was to even like be making that point. And I'm, I hear what you're saying in that point. But all I'm saying is, is the logic behind of of what what it is that exists not the fight for it and not what needs to happen to get it go to get it to go away but the fact that we have to even discuss it in itself is sickening that's really just what i'm saying i understand that there may need to be a solution for it mm-hmm. there may not be in the reasons why it's that way but that to me needs that that is wild it's wild and so yeah and and we when and then the other sickening part is is when you see the solution like an Andrew Yang or something that can reflect a solution and it's not necessarily laughed at. 
No, when it's just over, simply overlooked. That lets you know, like, it's something that's just not right. Well, I mean, also, too, remember, I'm telling you, it's, it's power and money. Yes. So, you know, sometimes these decisions that people make, they don't have anything to do with morality or, like, making a good decision. It's because they're getting some money or because it's going to increase their power or, you know what I'm saying? Benefit so, them. Yeah, benefit I think that's them. a good lead into Boondocks. All right. So, no, we have to talk about, um, what is it? What's it? Cuties? Yes. You want to do cuties first? I know first? nothing. Of, yeah, we have to. We have to do? Okay. Well, cuties is, uh, did you guys watch it? You watched mm-hmm. the whole thing? Yeah. I haven't seen it. Okay, so. The, but actually, I saw a clip. My coworker showed me a clip from it a few weeks ago that was circulating on Facebook of this little girl. I guess she was doing, what was it called? Listen, I'll call it the the crybaby. Yeah, the crybaby and yeah, dance. Yeah, the crybaby dance. But I mean, okay, what did you? The movie basically, and I'll just do a two second synopsis. Made me feel weird watching all these little white girls watch this black girl dance, and then they start trying to like emulate what she's doing. It just felt like. I felt so cringy. It was a cringy. Yes, and my coworker, he's he's white. He's German. He showed it to me, and then I'm like watching this with this white dude. He's a couple. He's like a year or two older than me with this white guy, and I'm like, "This is like this feels like child porn. It feels like it did feel like that to you. Mm-hmm. It felt like it felt like that to you too, Piper. I mean, it's supposed to. Yeah. It's a, it's a critique on that, on 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 all of that. It felt like child porn. It felt like like white people literally stealing the sauce. It felt like this white guy showing <laughs> so me that white people that. were stealing the sauce. It just felt, it just felt a lot. But most of all, I was disgusted because of the like, content. She, yeah, she like, why was she dancing like that on well, screen? So should she have not created it though? Well, the the film is a critique on how little girls are sexualized. Let's bring her. Mm-hmm. Y'all want to yeah, bring her I name in the space? You got I'll, a clip? Well, I was going to ask you, did you want to bring the director's name in the space? I don't yeah. know what off top. Here, mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm gonna play okay. uh, a clip from her. Okay. Um, there's actually uh, a version that's like overdub with English. Mm-hmm. And then there's another version that is French that has like the English subtitles. Okay. I can't and um, That's probably more raw, right? Probably. And yeah. then they've got... Um, <laughs> of course. So it's <laughs> Maimouna Ducoré. I think I'm saying it properly. Um, she's French Senegalese. She's like 35. Um, the screenplay uh, won a big prize at um, Sundance. Uh, she directed it and wrote it. And so I uh, hear I'm gonna let her. I'm gonna let her uh, say she's gonna speak a little bit about. This is the director writer. Okay. I had the idea of cuties when one day during a neighborhood gathering in Paris, a group of very young dancers came on the stage and they were dancing like what we are used to seeing in a video clip. And I was surprised because of their age. They were only 11 years old. So I decided to spend the next year and a half doing research. I met uh, with hundreds of preteens who told me their story. I needed to know how they felt about their own femininity in today's society and how they dealt with their self-image at a time when social media is so important. And as a child, that question of how to become a woman was my obsession. I saw so many injustices around me, 
that women were experiencing. And I kept all of that anger inside me. I was powerless when I was a child. Today, I can use my voice, my art, to share my vision of femininity, my fight for women's freedom in society and in our minds as well. Now, here's what she wrote in... Okay, so now that was from the director, right? So now we understand, like, why she made the film. I think, do, do you, did you, were you able to understand through her accent? Yeah. Okay. Yes, I think I, I think I grasped what she, uh, what, what she was trying to do, yeah. Ah, uh, it's so many layers to this. It's kind of crazy. I understand the intention, but there. You're saying that it's, I mean, and everyone's saying it, that the execution of it but it yes. was a bit too yes. celebratory and it felt too much. Because at the end of the day, she, I mean, she's still, I can't She's still sexualizing. It. Yeah, yeah, and that's she the exploited critique. those particular children. Right, and to make her point. Yeah. Yeah. And that That's hurts the critique. Me. Yeah. That, that personally hurts me. <laughs> it hurts me too, but, but, I think anytime you have a piece of art that's like this, I think that we have to use it uh, with structure and have more serious conversations. Like I said, we're living in 2020 in two different extremes where we're babied and sensitive, but at the same time, there's still a lot of real stuff that's going on. Like, is there a true gap between how parents perceive their kids and what's going on with their kids with the levels of intricacy that these kids are involved online? Let me tell you all something. So... Shooting in the fashion industry, right? Part of the reason I no longer am in that industry with like the Vogue and all that is because it's grooming. It's grooming for children, right? Have we talked about this before? Yeah, we yeah. have. And and the grooming is, you know, they find, they, they do what's called scouting and they scout the girls and the boys when they're like 11, 12. And then they kind of put them on ice while they train them and groom them. And the grooming includes them learning not just how to which fork to use and how to walk and wear makeup and and be more mature than what they are. But it also includes learning how to date, you know, people and what you do on dates and things like that. And so um, a lot of the modeling agencies were pretty much sending girls on dates with these really rich men, you know, um, and. Uh, you know, that's how the agencies were able to stay in business when they, because, so you know, be like low-key escort services. Pretty much low-key uh, le legal escort services. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the parents from all over the world, especially a lot of war-torn countries, yeah. would send their little girls and little boys to New York City or L.A. to be a model. And you would see these kids, they say, in the model house, um, they're raised in the model house. Um, they might be like, one of eight kids or something from Russia or wherever. And they're six feet tall, but they're like 11 to 12 years old. And they learn every way to be, you know, a 21 year old from the time they're 11 and they're poked and prodded on. Um, and, and conversely, when they get to be, you know, 19, 20, 21, they're told that they're too old and they're getting old and they're getting fat. And so um, a lot of them end up, you know, on drugs, addicted to drugs, um, unable to function in society, lots of depression, emotional uh, issues, a lot of um, 
you know, uh, m- like mental instability. A lot, a lot of them hurt themselves. A lot of them try a lot of suicide. I mean, there's just a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And so I think for me watching cuties, like, I feel like, okay, I do, but I understand what you're saying. I do want people to understand like how young girls are, how it's normalized to over-sexualize little girls, just like in general. But yeah, like how do you get that point across? I was I was going to say, like, I don't know. I think the, the issue is, I don't know if I have an issue, but if there's going to be an issue with the critique, I don't know if they should come down on her. Like, I do uh, understand people coming more down on Netflix for picking it up. Netflix is has is is just I don't know if that's the movie for their target because what who all is in their target but to your point I know it's power it's capitalism it's programming I get all of that but at the same time you are accompanying an organization you don't want to lose money so why would I don't know if they should have necessarily picked it up and then as for her if I had to give her any critique or criticism like you said, what, what listening to her interview made me cringe because it made me think about the stuff you've told me about the fashion industry and the fact that she's got the idea from being at a fashion event is wild to me. And I think that's okay. Is it okay for her? For, does certain things need to be uh, discussed in art? Should certain things just be discussed in politics? And should it be represented in movies? I don't know if I had an answer for that. Like but. The- Maybe she could have made like a, a documentary instead of a movie. Mm. Or say these things are really happening. Like mm-hmm. these things are really going on. Like how they do based on a real story. But go more in depth and say there are little girls who are suffering from this because of layers of systematic child and or racist something. But however, <clears throat> I will say that maybe because she did make it a movie, it, it stirred up the conversation in a, that's in a what, shittier way. Like that's a messier what, way. That's, mm-hmm. that's what I'm that's what my, my yeah, opening yeah, yeah like mm-hmm. that the silver lining is all i'm giving mm-hmm. is that's all i'm saying is that what you get out of it is is the fact that we need to have i think more serious conversations sex ed is i don't even know if piper do they still teach sex ed in high school do you some know? places do some places i mean you know school is all over the map right now <laughs> right, right. But I mean, the only reason, I only ask you because you're 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 in schools. I don't know. I don't want. I was gonna mm-hmm. make the statement that sex ed is a joke. It was a joke for me when I was in high school. But our society didn't even have it. Our society it was more of an anatomy class, and this is what happens if a yeah. penis ejaculates. I had sex ed. I went, my freshman year, I went to an all white school, basically Wallace Central. And I had sex ed freshman year. It was like some eighties like Breakfast Club movie type. Was class. it like an abstinence class, basically? Yeah. It might have been pumping abstinence in there, mm-hmm. but no, they gave out condoms. And, oh well, it was more progressive. Um, they gave out condoms, though. So you had to do the baby project thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, What's the baby project? Where you had to carry a baby around and like actually like take care of it. Like really? Yeah. Why would they do um, that? Oh, to try to deter you from having a baby? Mm-hmm. Uh, Don't they know that some people have to take care of their little brother and sister? <laughs> this yeah. is Wall Lake Central, though. This is like white some people Some of them got to take care of their little brother and sister. But you know, that's they going to pick up a curriculum that, rep, you know, how they want kids to think and shit. Scared straight. So Not having a baby. But what about if you get attached to the baby? Like, damn, I want a real one. <laughs> but, I mean, so, yeah, does it need to be discussed? Because this, I think there's a... I look at my little cousin, and I be thinking in my mind, like, I... Okay. Little cousin is how old? She's 12, 13. Okay. She's beautiful. And it scares me because 
of social media. And I know she's on TikTok. She's on all this stuff. Like, I remember being a kid and being exposed to AOL AIM and all this stuff and stuff. You parents don't not know. I don't think half the stuff they kids You was on AIM chatting? Yeah, I was on AIM chatting at like 13, 14. Damn, Brittany. You fast. I was. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's the truth. But I only am... Being transparent about that because I'm just picking. That's on what's going on. That's what's going on. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, let's not be fools here. No. Like, and it's probably even worse. Like, these kids are on video games. They're playing video games. They get mm-hmm. to chat with each other. They're they they they're exposed the video to everything. Games enough. Their celebrities are not just like in the magazines anymore. Their celebrities mm-hmm. are their influences in their are like right there in their phones. Mm, you know, texting kids, them. Kids are smoking weed earlier. I know kids who are smoking weed Fentanyl. at eleven and twelve. Like. So our we talk about the movie Hunger Games, right? The the hair, the the factuations of seeing videos of people getting murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, we're there, we're here, you know. So yeah. having a conversation about kids doing a crybaby, a dance that I saw girls do in the '90s, like you know what I'm saying? Like I'm not Shout saying I'm not I'm definitely not saying I'm for this movie. It was cringy. I felt the same way. I skimmed through it. And it I mean, made that's me feel the really point. Weird. She wants you to feel like she actually wants I believe you to feel that. cringy. I believe that. But the there movie. are some creeps out there that enjoy of course. it. And that's what and Netflix that's is what probably hurts me. Uh, no, nigga. we don't have a Netflix deal. Like it's, Netflix is for sure part of the program. I'm sorry. It absolutely is. You know, so they're, 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 they push that. Sometimes you try things as corporations. You test the water. She's a black woman. This is progressive. You know, all, because she's black, she'll give black women a backer, and it's literally what's happening. You know, all the black yeah. women celebrities are backing this movie, and then everyone else is like, pause. What the fuck is going on? I've never seen a white man so uncomfortable. White. I, 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 it's ironic to me the layers of how, like, this is, but I don't want to make it Well, it's too, exposure as well, right? It is. It's expo- you know, I mean, I mean, I shouldn't even say exposure because. But I know I mean, what you mean. You know, people know that this stuff is going on. I mean, it's it's a part of the Me Too. But there's so many generation. people who are literally still in La La Land about what really goes on. Like you are fighting for things that are so basic because if you really knew what was going on, you would not be even talking about the things you're fighting for the way you are because shit is maybe worse in certain areas. Like yeah, for sure. Yeah. So. Toasted. I still think I still think that people should watch the film, but like you said, Deja, they should watch it in a certain context and be and have discussion around it. I mean that that's ideal. Like to me, if you're gonna like watch the film, then be prepared to like you know discuss the yep. points in the film. But just know that, yeah, I mean, Pete. Little girls are susceptible to nasty, grindy old men who want to get off on that. Did y'all parents let y'all go over and spend the night at people's houses like that? Mm-mm. I could spend no. the night over people's houses that, like, were in my family. And also, like, like I had friends across the street that lived across the street. They We spent the night over each other's houses. Mm-hmm. Uh I had another friend because I went to private African centered school. She used to have sleepovers. So that was literally like, I don't know, 10 to 15 little girls, <laughs> probably like once every two months in her grandmother's living room, driving them insane. That's hilarious, actually. Um, 15 of y'all. At least, right? Just in there. And, you know, when you're little, like you're friends and then you're not friends. 
and then everybody gangs up and bullies on the one girl and then they're not they're not gonna be her friend and then the next day like everyone's like we don't talk to her and she's weird and crazy and that's don't remind me of that and then (laughs) and then uh that happens at the sleepovers too you know when it's like we're not her friend uh and then what else happens oh and I was able to I was able to spend the night over like I had maybe like five friends. Mm-hmm. I oh I mean like over time like from the time I was probably like seven until the time I was probably like twelve. No, probably older, probably till I was like sixteen, seventeen, that I could spend the night because I had I had I had a friend and I had two friends in high school I could spend the night over their house, and my house was actually the house that all the my friends always spent the night over. And it was crazy because, like, my friends would be like, let's sneak out. And I'd be like, why? Like, that's boring. Like, I don't want to sneak out. But they'd want to, like, go and sneak out and go to the club. And my mom was so cool. You could just go to my mom like, mom, we want to go to the club. And she'd be like, either yes or hell no. (laughs) You know? So I always wondered, like, why are you sneaking out? But, yeah, no, I had the sleepover house. Yeah. We would pop popcorn, watch movies, and dance and twerk in the living room all night. (laughs) <laughs> glad you ended it that way cuties <laughs> cuties but it wasn't on film like we'd literally just be in the living room mm-hmm. watching like the scene or whatever other music video television shows and just damn near twerking our whole insides out trying to dance and twerk all night long you and every other yeah black girl all the black there. girls right just, <laughs> just twerk your little heart Jake, out Jake, <laughs> making up routines right all types of routines yes watching the music videos knocking it down okay and then you want to like show people the routine and my mom would be like ah stop it like oh i wanted to show uncle such and such no because no. uh, <laughs> no, no. you ain't thinking sexually you're just thinking like shoot these moves is bomb you know what i'm saying like you want to see me what i can do knocking out the frame <laughs> my mom's like uh-uh <laughs> yeah yeah y'all too uh, not me so much but you know i had my moments you was twerking britney a little a little my bit. cousins Not really. tried to teach me how to twerk. Mm-hmm. Even in Alabama, like I spent a lot of time down, a lot of my time as a kid down there, and all my southern cousins, they were worse because twerking is really like a southern thing. Yeah, like, African. That, that, you feel me? Like that shit. Is, I'm still down here. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they. They were probably more ratchet <laughs> than my city cousins, but yeah, they tried to show me shit. We used to watch yeah. BET. I remember watching like, oh my god, I watched um, Trapped in the Closet down there. Like, oh my god, even that, like <laughs> R. Kelly. Right. Oh my god, he, he <laughs> know he got teenagers twerking, preteens. The what was he? What did he call himself? The, the Pied Piper. I'll never forget that. Everyone was calling me that. I'm like, no, please. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nah, nah, <laughs> but no, like the fact that like he would take on a name like that. Like, oh, with the mask. Remember in the boondocks when he was wearing the mask in the boondocks? When they had him in the court? And then- I feel like, yeah. <laughs> That's the, the funniest Come part. Come on, we have to watch the boondocks. Yeah, I know. Deja. Okay, tell us so, about this boondocks episode. <laughs> yeah, speaking of like video channels and shit. So I was watching this boondocks episode last night about... um how BET is evil, right? So Huey was basically he he went on uh, he went on this hunger strike because he wanted people to protest BET until it, it got off like the air as a whole channel. So I this shit was crazy as hell. I don't remember it being so 
like like hit like out that? there. Yeah, mm-hmm. this shit was crazy as fuck. Like they were really putting shit out there. And it is it is extra in Boondocks fashion, you know. But but I think that's what you need to get for it to stick. Sometimes it when, is. when this is over, I'm gonna tell y'all my BET story. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and I wish you guys have to go watch the episode. If you you can stream Boondocks on HBO on HBO Max. But I didn't. I know that. Yeah. I gotta get HBO Max. They got a lot of stuff on there. Yeah. And we're not you, we're not advertising anything, by the way. But I like HBO. Which we're, episode we're is this one, Deja? I, Corporation. This HBO is season there. two, episode fourteen. It's called The Hunger Strike. Shout out to Lovecraft Country. <laughs> Welcome to BET headquarters. I'm Deborah Lever. It's two p.m., so it's time for a morning staff meeting. Our leader, Bob Johnson, had a dream. A dream of creating a network that would accomplish what hundreds of years of slavery, Jim Crow, and malt liquor couldn't. The destruction of black people! Joseph! Is that so hard? Mr. Levold, since BET came into existence, terrible things have happened to black people. Uh, Dropout rates, uh, teen pregnancy, unemployment, and incarceration have skyrocketed since our debut 25 years ago. We really believe we're making a She just killed him with her Gucci shoe. The destruction of black people is not happening fast enough. It had to be good. The other day I saw three niggas reading books. One of them was smiling. Yes. No, I'll have to call him back. Oh, and I need another math guy. You know, the dude with the charts and shit. Yeah, him. I need another one. Yeah, and a cleanup crew. Oh, and another shoe. Left. No, Prada. Oh, my bad. Wendy Redlin, my Harvard-educated president of entertainment. Tell me about the evil shows you have in development. Um... Hey, brother. Mistress Levo, my Harvard education tells us that our goal is to take all the shitty reality shows MTV did five years ago and make them black. Anyone who wants to see a shitty black version of an MTV reality show, well, they'll have to come to us. What else? Next month, we're going to have our first award show honoring video hosts. Video or as I like to call it, a award show. Wow. <laughs> so... Trash. Okay, so just right. real quick, I want to tell you guys something. So first of all, Prada is one of the whitest white supremacist ass companies ever. Like they, I, when I was doing stuff with them, they never, ever, ever, like they never, ever, ever approved any black models ever. Any black models you'd put to them, they would throw their uh, portfolios in the trash they will tell you this is not our look. We don't want this. And I mean over and over and over. They and this they, was just 20 years ago. Yeah. They want white, I mean like pale, pasty, white, Aryan, waspy, white. That's what they want for their brand. And the fact that black people just fawn over Prada, and I don't care if they have uh whoever they have now, black in their ads right. <laughs> it just drives me insane see if they've changed at all of course they, they, had, they had a black ad i saw it like not too long ago the 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 virgil the virgil being the head of louis shout out to virgil for being the head of louis though he's but. a coon too he only donated what was it we were calling 50s the virgil here y'all go man <laughs> so let me tell you all my bet story mm-hmm. this has got to be around when bet started changing um their when BET started changing like their format and they got bought because you know um 
initially Bob Johnson, um, shouts out to Bob Johnson. He created BET and it was a private company. He sold it. Um, Brittany, look up the year that BET was sold. Okay. Um, but he sold it. And so when he sold the company, I remember I had a lot of friends who were working at BET. One of my friends, um, I don't remember his exact job title, but long story short, he had this job where he was the one who made decisions about who could produce content, right? Wow. He was one of the producers. The uh, I didn't realize the people who fired Nick Cannon on BET now in 2000, Viacom. Oh, yeah, mm -hmm. Viacom. Viacom, sorry. So they bought it in 2000, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so this was in 2000 when Viacom bought BET. So, um, you know, uh, my friends who were working there were nervous because they were, you know, when there's ever a uh, corporate takeover, usually they just come through, start chopping heads. People mm -hmm. don't keep their job. So everybody there was nervous because they weren't sure, you know, if Viacom was going to keep some people and do like a transitional thing or if they were just going to take over and hire everybody and everything new. Um and so I remember I had about five different projects that I had um, pitched to him. And he just told me straight up. He was like, Piper, we just got bought by Viacom. And we had our first, you know, like staff meeting, like all staff meeting with the, with the folks that are buying us. And they sent us around a memo. And in the memo, they gave us a list of what is black and what isn't black. And, you know, what black people want and what we don't want to have here anymore. That's when they can. They used to have a show called Teen Summit. I remember that. And Teen Summit used to be a show for youth where they discussed political Dang, I issues. I had to look at that one. Ananda Lewis was the host of the show and they would the teens would like talk about issues and it was four teens it was like a you know this keep was them on current so events. good oh my god it was a great show so he said he so he was like we're getting rid of teen summit and teen summit was a really high rating show mm -hmm. it was one of those like saturday shows that all that everybody watched right and um he said he's like we're getting rid of teen summit he's oh. like we're getting rid of the news he and I, I was like, the uh, they used to have like news like all day, about, yeah. You know, like the different news segments, and then they had different news shows, mm -hmm. and so they would have news like how you have news all day, but then like a news, like an actual news produced like news show, like a twenty twenty or something, right? And um, he said we're getting rid of all news. I was like, why would y'all get rid of news? He was like, because niggas don't um care about no news. I'm like, are you crazy? A lot of black people watch BET News for black news yes. to understand how issues impact black people. Mm -hmm. He was like, no, he was like, they don't want us to have any news anymore. Um, and it was like it was like a, a list of things. And, and there were the there were words that they had to use. And then these different like um, what do you call them? like benchmarks that they had to meet. So um, the programming had to have X amount of like this type of content, this type of language. And it had like literally like a word count for like the F word in certain programming. It had literally like how many of these types of scenes it had to have. And he said, he said in the meeting, they told us we don't want any more intelligent programming on this station at all. And they literally got rid of, and I was thinking to myself, like maybe he was just like, 
frustrated or maybe he was exaggerating or whatever. No, literally he said in the meeting that they told him this is not the place for intelligent television. This shit's boring and black people don't want anything intelligent. That's literally what they do in this uh, Boondocks episode. Mm. It's supposed to be satire, but that's dead ass what happens. They have meetings about it. There was a point right after where the clip stopped where... um, where Deborah's character asked one of the the employees sitting at her board meeting table um, if he fired everybody that could read, and he said, yeah. (laughs) Well, let me tell you something. They probably got consultation from my friend or somebody that was there. Yeah, some insider. Somebody that was there, because that's exactly pretty much what happened. But that's why... Never mind, I'm tired of preaching. I just feel like it's just crazy how that kind of stuff happens. Like, people think, thinking for other black people well basically what it was was because when viacom purchased bet right bt was viacom that was mtv's biggest competitor Mm -hmm. when it came to like the music videos and the youth and all that so black kids were unwhite kids everybody was watching bt because everybody want to watch let's be real everybody bt was was hot not just because of black kids but white kids were watching bet when so MTV was so racist over the years, like through the 80s, they didn't have any hip hop. They didn't really have any black artists. They had Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston, Aretha Franklin, and they had like a couple of other soul people, maybe Sade. But for the most part, maybe Luther Vandross, but for the most part, Anita Baker, they really, you know, MTV didn't really play those artists. I'm sure. They didn't really play black artists. They played Michael Jackson mostly. That was MTV played Michael Jackson. But when you had BET, mm-hmm. that's when they, they had soul music, right? They had jazz. They had so hip hop. Mm-hmm. They even had classical. They had news. They had youth a- programming. They had um, Tavis Smiley. Mm, they had um, They had like all different. They had different like... Kind of like, um, uh, what was it called? Black Journal and like really, you know, uh, they have really great, you know, diverse programming. They had different interview shows. They had Donnie Simpson. I remember that Who name. was the original interviewer in there. They had Sherry. Um, she used to do the Caribbean music. Um, I mean, they had... Even 106 in Park, like, to just even was a good show, like, for what it was and how they, they promoted the black artists and how they went about promoting the black artists, like, when I think about it. Well, that was when they, that was Viacom. That was Viacom? hmm Well, that was, that the was when they started going good. on a decline because they had way better, and um, trust me, they had, I, no, if you I look agree. up classic BET, they, and Donnie Simpson, he was from Detroit. He was, like, one of the major interviewers, and he would interview I don't, I'm all a li- the soul artists. I'm a little far removed from some of it, but I do remember it was... Because BT came on when I was born in 89. Mm-hmm. So, like, I still still remember, like, some part of what you're saying, but it's kind of vague. Mm-hmm. So... I, but I also understand when it hit the... With the point you're making about the decline. So, I didn't mean... To, I didn't know where 106 and Park you know fail but after that for me is when i really saw a dip like yeah i mean viacom actually because mtv you know was supposed to cater to like the white kids mtv had started showing hip-hop because they wanted to compete that's why they had yo mtv raps but they would compartmentalize their black stuff they wouldn't put 
any of the black artists on any of their other time slots or any of the, the other shows, they will only put them on Yo! MTV Raps. And then they had like another section where I think they had kind of like pop and soul artists kind of like in there, you know. Um, now you had artists like Whitney Houston, Michael Jackson, Mariah Carey, Madonna, and they kind of be on everywhere. But um, but for the most part, it was all the white artists on MTV and all the black artists on BET. But when they realized that like a lot of the white kids were actually watching BET, then that's when Viacom was like, oh, well, we could corner the market and just have all the audiences buy out Bob Johnson. And then we can control what goes on MTV and we can control what goes on because they also bought VH1. And VH1 was like more mature audiences. That's when they started. Because VH1 was already like more mature. VH1 used to mostly show like soul music. And then um, when they got bought, that's when Viacom was like, well, we'll put this type of programming on VH1. We'll put this type of programming on, you know, that's when they were able to monopolize, create a monopoly and just like control all of the music television programming. But ironically, they went into an anti-music format. And that's when they started doing the reality shows and they started showing way less music videos and doing way less interviews with musicians. (laughs) And they just started doing reality shows, which is at this point, I don't even know if it revived them. It kept VH1 and MTV's. I mean, MTV, um, like I didn't know I mean I knew but you broke it you just broke it down but you know MTV it was also like to me the creator of reality TV like with the what well, real the life real world, real world. Mm-hmm. and so like but now that I'm thinking about it like they were on a decline kind of sort of just because of where music was going with YouTube. That's when like, mm-hmm. you know, people started making the internet cool and people mm-hmm. could stream stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the reality TV shows like kept them, gave them a heartbeat, but mm-hmm. now I think they've, they've, they've ran past it. Like now it's just, I mean, even well, five years ago. They started playing movies more too. They started mm-hmm. playing That's movies true. all day. That's mm-hmm. when you started seeing mm-hmm. Baby Boy. Like, oh, we're back in, <laughs> back talking and about BET? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I guess that was cheaper programming for well, them. Well, no, MTV I just purchased it. Yeah. VH1 for sure played more movies. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't they have their own movies, VH1? I Weren't can't they remember. Yeah, I think they Maybe were. For a little bit. I think they were. They were kind of like Lifetime, like producing Wait, their own Wait, who did movies. the Bobby Brown and shit stuff? Sorry, I didn't mean to cuss. Was, Bobby Brown. was that, wasn't that Lifetime? Or no? It might have been Lifetime. Oh. Uh, wow. I don't know. Well, so was that all for the Boondocks? I mean that was good. We should do a Boondocks per week. We sh- we should. Hey, I'm oh, that, that is such a good one. I love like fine. Oh my man. god, I would love that. I love Boondocks. That's a that's that's a top five episode too. That uh, they that one and um, I like the R Kelly one too. Oh man, R Kelly. He broke that. Crazy. He broke it down. Uh, Riley did. He was like, y'all still listening to his music? And this was damn near 20 years ago almost. It was like the best mono- R-, R. Kelly monologue, swear. Yeah. But well, he- oh my God, we've been on this for a long time, y'all. You know, I think, you know, I think our chemistry just continues to grow, guys. We're at a buck 30. Okay. Always, right when I look down at the screen. We about two things. That's crazy. <laughs> Wait, do we have something else to Three talk things. about? Um... I think we hit we hit a lot of we hit a lot of stuff yeah, within we hit our a lot topics. Of topics today. I think we're okay. Okay. So wow. 
We'll, um, but I need y'all to write letters to Deja or somebody going to hunger strike until she makes this mixtape of her music production. I love it. I love the pressure. Mm. We just need. We just want to hear uh, music from Deja. So uh, let's put the pressure on her to get us this music. We're looking forward to it, right? Oh, I yeah. appreciate the love. I'm just not say I appreciate I'm the learning. pressure. I'm learning. <laughs> okay, I'm still learning we'll, we'll, out here. We'll be. We'll be. Uh, We'll be patient. We'll be patient for the genius. Thank you. Hey, thank you. All right. Well, I don't know. I had fun. How do you guys feel? I feel good. Me too. Yeah. I can't wait till next week. Yes. And the podcast festival is coming up. Mm, I got to tell me. We got to get the dates from Kari. Okay. Shouts out to Kari Frazier, creator of Detroit is Different. Kari should be on here next week. Okay. We said that last week, but seriously. All right. Let's let's cross the fingers. Yeah. Um... Any last words before we go, guys? I don't think so. Not really. Just love, peace, and hair grease. Yeah. And All right. Well, um, we just want everyone to continue listening to the Piper Carter podcast. Connect with us on social media. Share and, uh, you know, let folks know to, like, get onto these platforms. We are available on all streaming platforms, including Apple Podcast and uh, iHeartRadio and Stitcher and Google Play, you know, as as well as many others. And um, it looks like we're going to be doing some YouTubes pretty soon, probably for our 100th episode. So this was our 91st episode. So we're looking forward to the 100th episode. Um, also want you to, you know, go onto Facebook. We have a Facebook page and we have a Facebook group. Our Facebook page is pc.podcast our facebook group is piper carter podcast we're also on instagram which is pc.podcast so hit us up let us know how you like the episode uh what kind of things you want us to talk about what you think about our illustrious co-hosts and also too we're a part of the detroit is different uh podcast network so you want to go into detroit and listen to all the other incredible podcast shows that are coming out of Detroit on Detroit is different. And we'll see you next week. Remember to like, share, subscribe, and always listen on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Store, and Spotify. So many dimensions, connection is more than this Wi-Fi. More than likes on the gram and it's more important. Trying to see clear, but the picture distorted. We gon' be alright. You should looking bright. You just gotta be the purpose deep inside. Every day a blessing, every time you get to open up your eyes. Every day a message, every day I think about my adolescence. Every day I try to change adolescence. Every day.